to Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. Mayamo as Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. Howdy, y'all. I'm Jane. Wow. Yeah, I, I thought you, when you said freaks, it made me think of Sui. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where my brain's been since then. But anyway, this week we are talking <laughs> about season two, episode 14, to be or not to be. Dot, dot. Sui. Dot, dot, dot. Which we can as- uh, safely assume is the first of a po- two-parter. A poo-parter, yep. Poo-parter. Yes. Because uh, the title of the next one is... That is the question, right? Dot, 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 that is the question. Yeah. That yes. is correct. So that's fun. Uh, so I'm going to hit us with a little bit of Cape Side. Beautiful. Okay, first off, we got an email from our dearly beloved Chris. Chris! Um, he, Chris, if you don't remember, if you haven't been following along, sent us a prompt about NSYNC. Yes. Um, we discussed it and he responded. He said, Stella, hey, that's me. Oh. I coincidentally agreed with you. That was mine as well if I was asked. Chris Kirkpatrick was my favorite as well, but both of your lists were great. I Photoshop what they look like. I don't have the best skills, so I'm including the picture as is as well. Um, Chris, yes. if it is okay with you, we will be posting this on our social media because it is a work of art. Yeah, don't sell yourself short, Chris. It is incredible. Um, I'm looking at it right now, and I, crying. I'm crying. I love it so much. I do want to print it out and put it on a wall in here mm-hmm. somewhere. Glue oh, my you. God, fan art. If Ooh, people send us, we could we yes. could print out fan art and put it all around. You could staple it on the walls. Mm. Staple, yeah. Staple. Um, so that was really fun. Thanks so much, thanks, Chris. Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thanks. Um, also, we got an email from a friend of ours from I Remember Everything. Hey, Victoria. She sent us a lovely, sweet email discussing how much she loves our podcast. Um, she loves the idea of doing a Dawson's Creek podcast convention. Um, she said it's only like $50,000 to book Joshua Jackson. So (laughs) easy. So let's start saving guys. That's all we need. Yeah. I actually just got off a phone call with Mr. Podcast recently and yeah, yeah, I didn't tell you guys about it. I didn't want you guys to get too excited, but Mr. Podcast said we got a big check coming in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we can use some of that huge check that we made to book Mr. Jackson. Yeah. And, and if you just keep on buying us coffees, you know, before you know it, yeah, we're gonna yeah. have exactly. we're gonna yeah, have like a hundred dollars. We'll just need ten thousand people to buy us coffees, and then we can afford Joshua Jackson. Oh my god, I can't wait! And if you keep rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Freaks and Creeks yes. of Dawson's Creek podcast, if you keep leaving five star reviews and writing a cute little message about why you think Stella should stop crying, hmm? we might be we Mister Podcast might give us a deal when it comes yeah. to booking Joshua Jackson. I don't know how the everything's interconnected, y'all. Yeah. Everything's. I'm sure Mr. Podcast and Mr. Uh, Pacey hang out all the time. So 
this is how the convention will work. We just got a hashtag manifest. Hashtag manifest. Yeah, I think we should start that 10,000 donation tracker now. 50. Yes, exactly. But we need 10,000 mm. don- donations of $5 oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah, piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or less for more, you know. If somebody wants to give us $10,000 right off the bat, <laughs> I mean, you know, chump changed uh, Mr. Podcast, but... You know what we should do? We get jo- Joshua Jackson to give us $50,000 and then just hand it right back to him. <laughs> That's such a good idea. Or we say that it's to book him and then we just take the money and run. <laughs> yeah. Um, Victoria also says that... Weird noise. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, talks about the Discord and how people are very happy that we have turned the corner on PC. Thankfully, those are not in our Discord because I don't want to see people disappointed in us for not liking Pacey early on. Yeah. She Hurts says, me. we have a channel devoted disgusting to disgusting. Disgusting, discussing your pod and every episode gets plenty of comments. That's so Aww. sweet. That's so cool. Oh, man, that's so Very cool. nice. Thank I can't you. even imagine. Should uh, we start a channel for them in our podcast? <laughs> Discord? But we're never allowed to look at it because <laughs> yeah. everyone's talking about spoilers. Uh, I love that idea. Okay. Well, that's that's all I got. We got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Thanks, Keep everyone. Keep it coming. You yeah. are a, you are all angels. angels. Every single one of you. Yep. Angels. Remember when that song was in the show? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh. Once again, this week we are talking about season two episode 14 to be or not to be after a harsh teacher forces jack to read a poem that leads everyone to suspect he's gay pacey's principal defense threatens to get him suspended this was written by greg berlanti and directed by sandy smolin sandy smolin recognize that name. I feel like they're just making people up at this point. Greg Berlanti, that name sounds really familiar. Berlanti's been yeah. doing a lot yeah, of okay, writing okay, on the okay. show, yeah. yeah. Smolin sounds like, uh, what is it when you mix letters up to spell a different word? Mm. Anagram? Oh. Yes. yes. Yeah. I feel like uh, I'm a big Lost fan and a lot of the names in that show were anagrams so Ooh. like fans mm. like me were trying to like figure out what, what, you know, what the writers were right. trying to give clues hmm. for this. And I feel like Sandy Smolin is an anagram for something. Dawson's pretty related. Yeah. Somebody at home, listeners, write in. Let us know what <laughs> Sandy Smolin is actually for. Robert Graysmith, writer of Zodiac. I know you're still trying to crack codes yep. everywhere you go. <laughs> Here's another one for you. I know you listen to our show too. <laughs> If there's one thing for sure, it's that Robert Graysmith, while listening to our podcast, is figuring yes. out who is the Zodiac. God, this is what he does as he's, this is what he uses to occupy his mind so he can get deeper. <laughs> listening to us four idiots talk about Toxins <laughs> Creek. Favorite show. Sorry, you guys aren't idiots. I, I am. Thank you. Oh, I, I would describe my brain as uh, not correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we have any other business to get to before we jump into this episode? No business. Yeah. All yeah. right, well. I didn't hear any Bruce Springsteen didn't reach out. No, guys. that's weird. Yeah, Not yet. Weird. Mm. I thought that for sure he would have by now. By now. I mean, it's been Time two since our last recording. weeks, right, guys? Yes. It's been two mm, weeks exactly. since we last it's talked. Been- two weeks Oops. since I talked about Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> okay. Hit us with your best shot, Cody. That's not a Bruce Springsteen. I know. Song. I wish yeah. it was. 
we open on a bird's eye view of Cape Side and oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. That's not Cape Side. That's a miniature town made by Dawson for mm. aerial shots for his film. Jack. Made by Jack. Yes. Very important. <laughs> Our boy is with Pacey and Jack. But what what in the world? Pacey's dipping early to do homework? Talk about the Twilight Zone. Jack stays behind and the boys chit-chat about the positive repercussions of being in relationships. Uh, kind of awk, because, you know, Joey and Jack, Dawson still maybe sort of definitely still loves Joey, but they state they're cool with one another. They move on to talk about an upcoming poetry assignment for class, and Jack asks Dawson for advice. In turn, he says, open up, pal. Be yourself. Stay true. Listen to yourself, because you never know what you might hear the next day pacey's guidance counselor gives pacey kudos for his hot midterm grades pacey gold star we're all having fun i hope nothing ruins pacey's sudden academic hot streak inside he spins andy in celebration and jack takes this as a sign to put some moves on joey who feels a little ick on the pda dawson invites jack to help out on the film that weekend and the gang splits up Joey finds Dawson down the hall and comments on Jack and Dawson being buddies. How nice. Dawson says, petty bullshit is behind him. Let's hope so. Outside, sexy Christian Tyson finds Jen and asks why she won't return his calls. He thought things were going well. Uh-oh, was it the Bible shit? Bingo. He claims that's not all he is. Then... Jen is kind of sus, as the kids would say. Tyson claims he's being persistent, but Jen ain't having it. In Mr. Peterson's English class, the students hand in their poetry homework. This shitbag of a teacher gives Pacey flack for his homework being illegible, and under his breath, Pacey complains to Jack about it. Peterson puts the spotlight on Jack and forces him to read it out loud. When Jack starts to read, his poem becomes increasingly apparent to be maybe about... Uh, his heterosexuality being questioned. Jack is in tears, stops, and runs out of the room. When Pacey tries to go to console him, Mr. Peterson tells him to sit down. Pacey is pissed. In the computer lab, Dawson and Joey overhear some other students talking homophobic shit about Jack's poem. Word is spreading fast. Later that day at the ice house, Dawson tells Joey he keeps hearing more and more rumors about Jack, but Joey isn't taking it very seriously. Dawson wants to make sure she's okay, but... She flips out, claiming to not be defensive and that she isn't taking these rumors seriously. She in turn says that this is Dawson's way of highlighting faults about Jack to get them to break up. Unfair. Over at the McPhee household, Pacey and Andy are studying as Jack dips to go to work. Pacey thinks Andy's icing out Jack and being insensitive, but Andy gets mad and says it's Jack's fault for writing the poem in the first place. Pacey tells Andy to talk to him about it, but she denies that he's gay. Pacey pushes further in a what-if scenario, and she says she would be disappointed if it were true. Boo! Andy, I thought you were the chosen one. Boo. Over at Jen's, Tyson calls for the thousandth time to ask her out. She hangs up, but you guessed it, he calls back like the persistent little weasel that he is. He won't take no for an answer, so she says yes. Ugh. At the ice house, Bessie wants to know what's going on with Joey and Jack, but Joey doesn't know how to answer because she doesn't even want to broach the subject with her boy. When Bessie dips, Jojo awkwardly stumbles into the topic zone. Jack <laughs> explains that he wrote that poem through stream of consciousness and masculine Im imagery just happened to pop into his head, but it wasn't meant to be gay. 
But what made him cry? He says it hit a weird nerve with his family. He doesn't really know how to explain it. Jack then reassures her with a hug. Elsewhere, Tyson takes Jen to a sultry, smoke-filled club to prove that he is not a stuffy Sunday school lame and they slow dance to the tunes. Hubba hubba awooga! <laughs> The next day at school, Pacey and Andy discover other students have printed out copies of Jack's poem and have taped them up all over Capeside High. And in English class, Peterson pushes Jack again to finish his poem like a sick sadist fuck. Pacey stands up and grabs the poem to read it to save Jack from embarrassment. Peterson gets in Pacey's face and threatens him with sending him to the principal's office, but Pacey gives him shit for being a bully, and Peterson threatens him again with failing him in the class, even though our boy has gotten stellar grades as of late. Peterson rants, calling him a failure, and Pacey does what we should all do as a form of praxis when confronting these types of ghouls and spits right in his face before leaving the classroom. In my head, I did a slow clap. In the principal's office, Pacey stands his ground and says he will not apologize. The guidance counselor present tells Peterson that he isn't innocent either, but this asshole is pretty defensive. The principal says they'll reconvene tomorrow so Pacey can decide if he'll apologize or not, and if he doesn't, he'll be suspended. And outside the office, Pacey finds Jack, who says Pacey was stupid for making it a spectacle and that he does not need a hero. Pacey stunned. Outside, Tyson asks Jen for a full report on the date. Jen accuses him of having multiple identities, and he tries to explain that, hey, you can sin all week and wait for Sunday to confess. Will there be a future date? We'll have to wait and see. In school, Pacey tells Andy and Dawson that he's going to take the suspension because Peterson doesn't deserve an apology. Andy and Pacey want Pacey to think more about Andy the- and Dawson. Andy and Dawson. There we go. We'll clip that back and say... Andy and Dawson want Pacey to think more about the consequences, and our boy is fed up. He knows perfectly well what he did, and he's standing his ground. Andy feels like it's going to throw away everything that he's worked for lately, but Pacey doesn't care. And over by the office, Jack shows Joey the Are You Gay pamphlets the principal had handed to him. All our heroes enter the locker hallway simultaneously and find Jack's locker has been vandalized with a spray-painted homophobic slur. They all stand there stunned and Joey grabs Jack and forces him to make out with her right then and there to prove something. Back at the McPhee's, Andy apologizes to Jack for icing him out recently and he forgives her. She explains that things have been so hard lately and Jack's drama is adding another layer to things she feels like she has to deal with. She says she read the full poem and that she doesn't care if he's gay or not. She thinks it's beautiful and proves that, like her, he feels that life is overwhelming and scary and she'll always be there for him. Meanwhile, Joey does one of her famous awkward jog runs to Dawson's and pops through his window. She asks for his advice, wondering how to really truly broach this subject and directly ask Jack if he's gay. Dawson tells her that she just has to. He believes honesty is a cornerstone of all relationships and tells her to just do it. She thanks him with a cheek smooch and leaves. The next day before Pacey's hearing, Dawson tells him that he wouldn't have done what he did, but that he wouldn't be ashamed of him if he doesn't go through with an apology. 
Pacey then pops into the principal's office and says that he's ashamed for the event, but he is not apologetic for the action's intention. He monologues about the school structure, allowing teachers to do whatever they want without consequence, in turn making students subordinate and afraid to question the system and the, ide the idea that teachers and those in power know what's right. He says that what happened with Peterson and Jack was not right. He respects the system, but not Peterson and dips another time to slow clap. That evening, Andy finds Pacey by the docks where he tells her he's been suspended for a week. He can't believe that she cares about him because he needed her support. It's not that she needs to agree with him on everything, but that he needs her to be there for him. She believes Jack is innocent of the situation, but Pacey is the, the one who did what he did. Pacey explains that he believes the situation was his fault for instigating Peterson that day. The teach knew he couldn't get to Pacey directly, but targeting Jack would get under Pacey's skin. He believes as though he's responsible for all of it. He also feels like Andy didn't want to hear or understand this and leaves wanting to be alone. And at the ice house, Joey comes right out and asks, Jack, are you gay? She starts rambling and he stops her by telling her that he's not in fact gay he reassures her with a sensual smooch which cools her jets and she jokingly asks him to stop writing poems he agrees and the embrace and they embrace as he reaffirms that he's not gay but his extremely forlorn face says otherwise and we fade to black oh god what a doozy <laughs> Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, don't know where to start. I mean, like, I feel like the biggest thing, like, for me was the, I just had such an intense, as I'm sure all of us did, such an intense reaction to this teacher. It was just like, oh, yeah. it made oh me gosh. so yeah. angry and um, so upset. Yep. <laughs> it was just like really painful to watch. Yeah, and it's interesting that the last time we saw the adults or the teachers in this town <clears throat> um, really like mistreating a student. It was the guidance counselor and Pacey mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. we see in the very beginning of this episode, kind of making up where the guidance yeah. counselor is like, wow, you've really turned your act mm -hmm. around. And he's like really on Pacey's side for yeah. the whole yeah. episode. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see that people who, like, well, first of all, there just seems to be this theme of like, these teachers don't really care about the kids they're, teaching at least like not their mental health right mm -hmm. why else would this happen yeah. but then also they're they the teachers themselves seem to be at odds with each other mm -hmm. because yeah he like like you were saying in your intro he tells them like you're not innocent in yeah. this like you're being an asshole and yeah. it seems like the other teachers kind of like agree with pacey in that when yeah. he says that yeah yeah, and I mean, maybe this will continue in the next episode, but as far as we know, this teacher is not getting any type of suspension or like, like right. I, I would think he would be fired. Oh, for, yeah. For sure. Definitely. And yeah. nothing's happening so far, but. Yeah. I think he's going to get a big spanking. At least. I don't think anything will happen. Really? This, it feels kind of like an analog to, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, we're just looking at an authority structure. Let's just mm. say cops, right? Like you have a cop that uh, gets away. I mean, in America, cops get away with murdering um, 
innocent people or people that are unarmed, especially black folks, all the time. And what happens, the union stands up for them and nothing ever really happens. They get a slap on the wrist and that's it. And it feels like... I don't know, this is like four years after Rodney King and uh, not saying that the writers had this intent with it, but Pacey is speaking to larger authority structures and it seems like that is kind of what he's saying. Like these things need to be put into question and maybe, I mean, this will have kind of like a, even though I felt Peterson as a character was very unrealistic and kind of like cartoonishly evil, Mm -hmm. but it feels like the point is to show that like at the end of the day, teachers will have each other's backs and they don't really at the end they don't really care about the students yeah like mm-hmm. like they'll probably like think in the line that cops do where it's like oh it's only every other cop that's bad instead of actually analyzing the structure that allows cops to do what they do same thing with these teachers it's like at the end of the day they don't really give a shit like one of our own before anyone else which is unfortunate yeah um i'm just thinking about how um the teacher I think this is like right before Pacey spits in his face. He says something to Pacey like, um, you make teaching something about spitting in the face of. Yeah. Yeah. Spitting in the face of the. Of academics. Academics. Yeah. Or something. Teaching or something. students like you is like spitting yes. in the face of the educational system or something. And it's like, like what? Like Pacey had just said, you know, he's gotten like B's on everything so far. He's yeah. like made all this improvement over the year. And it's just like. Yeah, what yeah. is this teacher so pissed off about? That's what I was trying to kind of like, is it is this teacher upset because he has, I mean, clearly this teacher is like not a good dude, right? We can all agree on mm-hmm. that. So is this teacher upset because Pacey is actually doing something to change his station in life? Mm. Because Pacey has been told by the entire town of Capeside that he's a fuck up that's never going to achieve or amount to anything. And then suddenly he takes it in his hands because of Andy, but he starts changing that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's now getting good grades. He's going to amount to something. Is that why this dude is pissed off? Because he's so pissed off that Pacey, he wants to give him bad grades, seemingly in spite of his good grades and his mm-hmm. recent yeah. turn. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like he's already decided that he's a failure. Um, and yeah, so this like conflict starts with, the teacher collecting the paper and being like, your penmanship is mm-hmm. not right or whatever. And PC like questioning that and being like, that's not fair. Um, so yeah, it's like, I wonder if it seems like, you know, this teacher just gets off of being like, yeah, yeah it's the a head power of, trip. Yeah. Yeah. A bully. And, yeah. I yeah. remember teachers that were like that. Oh, definitely. At school. It's just, yeah. It's a sad reality. I think, I don't know if it is still now, but yeah. Do you think that teachers, in the modern day equivalent of this scene, it would be like, "Well, Pacey, your 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 essay, your poem is in Doc X, and it really needs to be right, a PDF, yeah. you <laughs> fucking moron." <laughs> I mean, yeah, like this dude is just looking for reasons to like belittle mm. anyone yeah. yes. he can. Yeah, you're not using Comic Sans, Pacey. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this episode, I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I love this episode. I thought it was fucking fantastic. This episode makes up for what I think the last episode shortcomings were, which was just like it was just doing legwork to set things up. We actually see some things happen to our characters in this episode. But what I really like is this kind of common theme of questioning in general, right? We've got... Pacey questioning authority. We've got Jack potentially questioning his sexuality, which in a, you know, in a way is also questioning 
authority and the heteronormative like world that men and women live in, uh, you know, living up to your expected societal gender norm. So I think that it's like, I, I love the message of this episode and I like that it deals with heavy things in, that kids were dealing with a lot back then. I'm sure they're still dealing with today. It felt really grounded and real and like we were seeing in a weird way, it felt like a little bit like a PSA, like an after school special mm. that you'd get, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, it had a message. Yeah. yeah, I also really enjoyed this episode. Um I it felt like it felt like very like meaty. Like there was just like a yeah. lot to uh think about and it just felt yeah, I don't know, it feels like this is, it's like another level, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. now we're getting into like, you know, we started exploring mental health stuff and now we're getting into questioning your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like this is getting like a little mm-hmm. bit deeper of like the th- topics the show is going to deal with, which Definitely. I yeah. like a lot. And probably part of what made Dawson's Creek groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to talk about the intro because I think this was like the perfect way to start this episode. Um, so there's this replica that we find that out that was made by Jack. It's like this perfect, you know, Dawson saying, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect vision of Capeside or Creekside, which is what it's called in his movie. And I thought this was like a great setup for the episode because here we have Jack. who He knows Capeside like the back of his hand. He creates this perfect setting, you know, well enough to create this full miniature. Um, and he hasn't lived there for that long. Yeah. But does Capeside know Jack? Mm. You know, do we know, do, do we really know who Jack is? Interesting. I thought that was a uh, very, like. He's the unseen good. observer. He's, yeah. And he's always kind of the observer. That's so far. true. He's always kind of so. in the background watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I, I, I thought that that was kind of an interesting choice to have Jack who we've not really seen be all that crafty or artistic. I mean, I know he basically came in his pants talking about art. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we've never seen him do it, yeah. right? But yeah. then to have him create this miniature town was an interesting choice, like, um, you know, building uh, back bridges with with Dawson. I thought that was a really cool thing to see them kind of start to rectify, you know, just in the nick of time, of course, but but also, like, how does he know this town? It made me be like, wow, what? how where, how is <laughs> mm-hmm. he seeing this? Yeah. How is he able to capture this detail so well? And I think you're right. It's because he is unseen. He kind of can just mm-hmm. zip around and nobody notices him. Yeah. And I think it adds to the fact that we don't really know who Jack is. Yeah. Like if yeah, he is exactly. gay, and I'm pretty yeah. sure that's where the show is leaning totally. towards saying. Right, yeah. uh, it's like, oh, what else is he? I don't want to use the word hiding, but it's like, wow, he has like all these secret things. What else don't mm-hmm. we know about him? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's a good way to show that there's like so much more to him than meets the eye. Um, I'm also surprised that there wasn't, it felt like there was like a tinge of jealousy when Pacey had to leave and Jack stayed behind. Yeah. And I was, I was at first I thought, Oh, are they going to explore Pacey? Like feeling like he's being replaced or Mm -hmm. something. I was surprised where the direction of this Mm -hmm. episode went, but I hope they do explore that in a later episode because Pacey has been spending so much time with Andy that maybe he'll feel like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm losing my relationship with Dawson. And it's important to balance those things. I didn't, I didn't get that at all. I thought PC was kind of like surprise, surprise yeah. like oh they're mm. hanging out like yeah that too yeah yeah because like you know Jack and Dawson don't necessarily have the best relationship mm-hmm. because of Joey so like that's kind of how I read it was yeah. like, he's just like oh okay cool. yeah you know like, maybe a little maybe happy for them yeah yeah mm. I did you guys think it was interesting when um 
he was when Joey. I'm I'm skipping forward towards the end of the episode, but when Joey comes through the window and and to talk to Dawson about how to confront Jack about potentially being gay, he's working. He's like doing establishing shots of the miniature town, and and she's like, "Wow, good job!" And he's like, "Jack did this," mm. and she is like, "What? Right? Yeah." Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah. That even she even didn't, she didn't know, know that yeah. he mm. has this. Yeah. Well, that he did this at least. She might know that he has this side to him, but like, mm-hmm. how is he able to? I've done miniatures. I've built terrain for Dungeons and yeah. Dragons and stuff like that. That took a lot of fucking work to do. Mm-hmm. So how is he hiding that work from her? That is something that he would have to have been hiding. Or mm-hmm. Joey's yeah, just not getting involved like she's not spending as much time but you know mm-hmm. there's like there's so much that is being said without being said in mm-hmm. this episode yeah that i love yeah i feel like kind of like a naysayer guys i i didn't really like this episode oh well I, you have to leave then <laughs> <laughs> i like i like the idea of this episode i think that it's important that we're learning about jack and i think it's important that we're breaking ground here with Having narratives about like gay kids, like in how hard it was to come out, hard to come out now, definitely way harder to come out in yeah. 99. I think that's really important. But the thing that I couldn't get over when I watched this episode more and more and more is that it's this is a story about Jack being outed and it's his journey, but it is only playing to the narrative of Pacey being the main character yeah. and how it's yeah. centered around his story. And that kind of sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think it's like still, it's still important and interesting to talk about. And I think, again, like it's groundbreaking. I'm sure it was in 99, but feels like a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Like the more I think about it, the more frustrated I get. And the the thing that like came up to like, came to me when I'm watching this is uh, the like white savior trope, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're not familiar, it's the white savior narrative is a common trope in storytelling that portrays a white character as the hero who comes to the rescue for a marginalized group. Uh, trope is often problematic because it perpetuates the stereotype of the white savior who suggests that marginalized people are incapable of helping themselves. For reference, this trope is like in The Blind Side or The Help or Green Book, which are all stories about black experiences centered around a white protagonist who's there to save the day. And for this, it's like Jack is clearly hurt and then the story center centers around a heterosexual hero that is the one who's going to like take charge and save him. And though it is good that later Jack like reprimands him because he's like, you don't need to fight my battles. This is my battle, which is important. And I think that like kind of like helps with what we're talking about. It's still the Pacey story. We end Mm -hmm. pretty much on like Pacey's arc about what it means for him to like need to, like take his responsibility like he feels responsible for what happened to jack and he's like this is my story and that's where it kind of like i don't know it makes it just kind of makes me sad that like this could have been like such a great opportunity for jack to be the main character of this episode and everything else could have been secondary if it was then a better story would be the importance of like allyship pacey could be the secondary character to this episode and maybe it's jack and pacey teaming up and it's pacey learning a lesson on like can like allyship go too far or like, like why it's important to be an ally if you see like someone that's marginalized going through something like this. But uh, yeah, I just, I just don't think this is the way to do it. And it kind of bums me out. I'm curious if the next episode will, will get something yeah. like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The wonder. fact that we're only seeing one part of a two parter, like who yeah. knows what, like he could be the main character of the entire next episode and we're just not right. there yet. Yeah. 
But I do think, I mean, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I, I, um, I think when I watched it again, I did feel like a little bit more conflicted about, yeah, like Andy's role in all of this, mm. um, which we can talk about more, but I do like, it seems, I wonder if it's like purposeful, you know, Jack saying to Pacey, you're addicted to being a hero. Yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need that. Like, I wonder if that was purposeful for this story, you know? Sure. Um, because we are seeing Pacey kind of like show up in that role a lot. Um, and I wonder, like, it's at first it was like, cool. Like we we're seeing this like great side of Pacey. Like he is a good person, but um, that's like all, like he just feels like he needs to like insert himself yeah. and like trying to yeah. fix people now. So maybe that's going to get him in trouble, but but there I, is the factor that he felt like that was his fault. Yes. So there yeah. is a little bit of like, you know, maybe, but, but I totally agree that like there's this, he just keeps wanting to be the hero. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I, I completely agree with fundamentally what you're saying, Cody, that like it is really unfair might be too harsh of a word, but I do think it's kind of unfair to make this story really focus around Pacey's experience. And then I think the revelation towards the end of the episode where he reveals that he feels responsible about it, it really does remove any level of doubt that he, in my opinion, actually cares about like Jack's experience. And this is actually ultimately really about his experience. And I think that's why, and we haven't seen the next episode yet, but I'm hoping that the next episode is going to be Jack actually coming to terms with potentially his own sexual identity. And then that realization hitting Pacey that like, oh, wait, I did all of this only for myself, thinking you're straight. Yeah. Or that if you're gay, like this isn't the time for you to say it. And now I'm dealing with the fact that this actually did happen and I made it all about me. Yeah. Though I ultimately am kind of, grappling i think most with like the way that andy is not there at mm-hmm. all and the things that she says i think are like the most harmful of everybody totally yeah, yeah. like worse than the f slur worse than anything else i think was was her saying that she would be disappointed and and, and i'm glad that she realizes that they grapple with that mm-hmm. they kind of come around mm-hmm. by the end but even in the end when she's talking to jack she's like you know you really made my life hard and that's not very fair. And I, I feel bad for you. So I'm sorry I didn't have sympathy or empathy for you. But, like, you made my life kind of hard by doing this. Yeah, it's, Everybody, a, yeah, it's kind of like it, she's victim-blaming. and yeah. It's, like, shockingly selfish. Yeah. And I know that she's going through a lot and she's correct, but the fact that she can only view this situation through her own eyes is right. shocking. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It, oh, sorry. As oh. the person who probably knows Jack the best, too. You'd you know, like, she's yeah. his sister and, yeah. So it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's confusing because, yeah, all like I agree with all of that. And then I also had this feeling of like at the end when she does talk to him, I thought the conversation was really sweet. She's mm-hmm. like the only one that's like, she's like, this poem is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, I'm here for you and I love you and you're not alone. And I thought all of that was like yeah. really sweet and genuine and like a true testament of their like brother sister relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, but it felt like I was just, it was kind of like whiplash. It was just like, okay, you've said all this other like really awful stuff. Yeah. Yeah, And then like like, resentful and, and then the fact that like it took Pacey to, to tell Andy that like, that she needs to rethink how she feels about the situation was just like, yeah. Can you guys remind me, does 
Andy have that conversation with Jack after the conversation with Pacey on the docks? No, the conversation on the docks, I think, is like right, right at the end. Right the last yeah. 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 Because when, when Pacey's like, you haven't even been there for Jack, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and talking about how like she doesn't really want her there. She wasn't there for him yeah. today. And this is like a theme. I'm trying to understand that a little bit more. I, I guess he's he's upset with the fact that like she's just not there to, for anybody but herself. Is he saying she's selfish? What's she? What's he like upset with? Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to remember that that conversation on the docks. Like, does he say that she's just focusing on herself? Does he say something to that effect? I I mean like to, I don't to that I don't know. I think this is just a question of sympathy versus empathy, right? Like yeah. she, like for her her first reaction to all of this is like a me first kind of situation. And what Pacey's asking is like, put that on the back burner and just like comfort someone regardless of like yeah. what that thing or opinion is like, you should let that be on the back burner and just be here for me, not right. the things that are adjacent to that. But I mean, it is confusing because of her uh, lack of awareness like around the situation Suddenly. too yeah. yeah so i don't really know but i mean i do feel for pacey like i understand like what he is trying to say i guess it's like i just want you to be here even though you disagree with me and yeah you yeah. failed to do that and there's yeah. not really a way to like break that down really yeah like dawson showing up for the meeting yeah. like him just being there before pacey went yeah, in right totally mm-hmm. okay i have one more question about this before we go on break here which is something that we've kind of talked about a little bit um kevin williamson is a gay man himself and we have often talked about this being potentially a queer um you know exploration so to speak now that we have potentially a gay character and i think we are expressing the weird ways they (laughs) chose in which to like confront this how do we justify or like how do we reconcile those two things like kevin williamson chose to or at least he didn't maybe necessarily choose but he approved this going mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. so why why yeah I mean, I, good question and also mm-hmm. mike white's in the room too yeah. yeah and he's bisexual so it's like what i th- like i'm imagining it's 1999 and let's just play devil's advocate and say kevin and mike fought tooth and nail to be like, we want a story about Jack, who's the main character, who is going through his experience of coming out, right? Yeah. And let's just say the studio is homophobic because it's 1999, and they say, absolutely not. And so they're like, okay, back to the drawing board. How do we do this? Yeah. Like, th- <sighs> yeah. let's just say in this pr- in this scenario, this is the best it could ever get. Totally, because let's actually. say that they they were like, okay, well, we're not allowed to have a him be the A character of the story, and we can't write a queer character for a queer audience. What we can do is write a straight character for a straight audience that can understand now the gay character. I guess that's the best you're going to get out of this. But the thing that like even sucks even more is that it's not a celebration of queerness. Instead, it's a traumatic experience, which is the, in that of itself a trope. It's like gay people in movies and TV shows are constantly going through trauma, 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 trauma. And it's never a celebration of their existence. Yeah. And this would have been a great opportune time for, I don't know, like he meets someone and falls in love yes. with them and has to, and then like, instead of it like being a secret, it's like him telling Joey and her being supportive. And it's in like, that would have been like a great thing. Right. But it, mm-hmm. would have been the perfect That would be time. the story today. Yeah. <laughs> but instead we get homophobic slurs being yeah. spray painted on his fucking locker. And it's like, yeah. of course that's what you're going to do in a 1999 show. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, it really does feel like a big piece of this is because of the time. Yeah, yeah. I think so. But I, 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 I think you just totally nailed on the head why this episode kind of is problematic or in some ways shitty is because they probably were trying to appease the studio. Whether or not that situation actually happened, I guarantee you they were concerned about that situation happening when they were slating this episode, when they were writing this episode, and when they finally got it all down on the production calendar. They're probably like, we have to be really careful with the way that we do this because otherwise we're going to be getting editor's notes or producer's notes left, right, and center, and we're going to have to do do reshoots or scrap this whole episode. So I bet you, I would not be too surprised if that is the reason why it ends up effectively being like a, wow, isn't Pacey so great? I mean, he is, he is a great dude, but like we didn't need more evidence of that. It would have been much better to see Jack tell that story authentically. And again, I mean, now we're in the era of 24 episode seasons. It's like there are a zillion different ways that we could have done the story for Pacey that did not have to coincide with mm-hmm. Jack coming out. Right. Yeah. Like this yes. could have been a completely different episode about something completely different yeah. and it didn't have to center around queer trauma. Mm-hmm. And you know, that it's just unfortunate. It's, it, it's a bummer. I think it is a big time boomer. Speaking of big time boomers, we are going to take our very first break of the day. Bye. to take a little pivot here to Jen and Ty. Yes. Ty, is it just me or is Ty's persistence like super creepy yes. and entitled? Just Very. like so how much like how many times are you going to call away. go away? Go away. Yeah. I did not like this. It just was you. We alluded icky, to icky this. You. Cody alluded to this last episode where he mentioned that Jen's version of flirting is the very much the like, "Ooh, I don't like that, but I really yeah. And this takes it to another level where she is like, stop calling me. And then she hangs up the phone and she's immediately like, he's like, this means she wants me to call her. I'm just going to do it again and yeah. again and again. And he, the creepiest thing about all this, which first of all, it's just creepy that he's just calling yeah. repeatedly, getting up, hung up on calling again. And he's like, <laughs> but the funny. creepiest thing is that he's in his basement while he's doing <laughs> yeah. it. Oh my gosh. He's sitting on the stairs in his what? basement and there's like on it's kind of like circling around him while he's doing yeah. this. Oh, it's like okay. the evil dead basement. Yeah. Weird. He's just like, I gotta hype myself up and go down there and punch the walls a couple times and I'm gonna <laughs> That's call That's why her. it felt creepy. Yeah. My mommy just can't like, hear this. Yeah, but it's that same bad message that you're sending to people where mm-hmm. it's like yes. boys need to be persistent, right. even yes. though the girl says no. Yeah. Don't take no for an answer, boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah really yep. fucked us up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's not just Dawson's Creek. I feel like all oh, yeah. media no, was yeah, like yeah, this in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. 100%. It's so wild. Yeah. Um, but and the club. Let's, oh, yeah. well, first, I want to yeah, say, yeah. Um, I think in the beginning of the episode when like Tyson comes and says hey to Jen at the at school, um, she he's like, oh, is it because I'm religious, blah, blah, blah. And right. she's like, you do Bible study three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, that's another, well, it's like, what? what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't, I'm very uncomfortable with that character then being like, but I'm not that religious. Yeah. And then I go to jazz clubs. I have another side to me. Just wait and see. It's just a reason to go to church, baby. That's why I abuse kids. Yeah, let's go pretend we're adults and 
drink martinis at a so weird. How is no one getting carded I in the show? Right? They go to yeah. bars well, like, and clubs. I was just like, how are you ordering house? a martini? Yeah, That's I thought it felt like Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. I had that written down. But, so. And this jazz montage. The, but just so the thing that's like silly. the ickest out of all of this, I think, is the tonal whiplash of going through the fucking Pacey yeah. stuff with Jack's homophobia and like all. Yes. And then, Wait, what's going over at this right. sexy jazz club? Yeah. I know, <laughs> it was flirting. It yeah. felt like a yeah, was it supposed to be like relief to the the heaviness of the rest of the episode cuz it just didn't it was it's just like the uh, it's like they had to oh, we can't forget about Jen, so let's put like, you know, remember Ty? Let's like yeah. put yeah. this in here. It seemed so it, Yeah. It, it's such a weird choice. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of like almost like season one gen stuff where it's yes. like, we don't yep. really know what to do with these other characters. So let's just give them yeah. like this like other story. But instead of Pacey yeah. being with uh, a 100 year old and now it's Jen <laughs> with a fucking right wing Christian who's taking her to jazz clubs. Yeah. It's like, why are we yeah. doing this now? Yeah. It's this is so weird. The whole, like the whole Tyson storyline in general. It's like, what's the point of this? Well, the yeah. point also, is about identities, right? It's yeah. like Jack yeah. has this hidden identity and then we're supposed to like respect it and understand it. Tyson's hidden identity is that he's a, uh, likes jazz clubs, which yeah. is yeah, I guess. not a sin. But I would have loved to see like Jen in this story with, 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 um, I mean with Jack, like find, you know, because a few episodes ago, Jen and Jack had a moment where they, where she was like, I understand you. And I mm-hmm. feel like it would have been totally nice to have like Jen involved some, some way, yes. some way and explore her character and how she would. Yeah. Know, bec- and like, she, you know, is from New York and is right. probably Big like city. more like progressive. So yes. I feel like, she, yeah. like we didn't get any of her no. opinions, thoughts, support feeling you know, like about any of the other events that yeah, were happening. Did she yeah. even acknowledge that this is happening? She wasn't no. around. They, I don't think she was in any of the of the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Her only shots were like with Ty. Tyson. She's just zooted yeah. off that jazz cabbage. Zoot, <laughs> zoot, <just, laughs> riot. Oh, man. Riot. I mean, like, it boggles my mind that people in this writer's room did not come to the same conclusions that we did. I mean, like, do you know how much easier it would be to, yeah. like, instead of Pacey being the character that has to, like, like double duty of being the person that's telling Andy to respect and understand her brother while also going through his own thing. Like, why not have Andy and Jen talk for the first time and, and Jen being like, hold up. Like you need to think more progressively about this and you need to stop being so conservatively minded about Mm -hmm. your brother's homosexuality or possible homosexuality. And maybe like understand where he's coming from. That's a Jen stance. That's a Jen character beat that we would learn more about Jen too with that. But instead she's going to jazz clubs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For no fucking reason. I mean, yeah. like, we introduced this whole new setting, this whole new environment with all these new characters. For what reason? So that they can get martinis and dress up. I mean, like, that's that that's the thing I'm worried about. Like, this is all here for a purpose. So, what if they're they're building up to? It was like our biggest fear, right? And like season one, episode one, that Jen will be converted to Christianity. Yeah, I know. And it's like, if yeah. that's going to be, is she going to be a cool Christian? Like, what? I, how does this? That's what Grams wants. That's exactly. That's what <laughs> I, I, I really feel like we're going down the pathway to her tacitly accepting religion and religiosity in her life and not like outwardly endorsing it, right? Like she's not going to suddenly become a Catholic or a Christian and be going to church and like, you know, whatever. But I do think that she is going to like, well, I've got a newfound appreciation for God. And like, you know, it's not so bad after all, like different strokes for different folks. That's what I predict from her. 
Yeah. Unless, ooh, I have a good, oh, ooh, maybe. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I like okay. what you're saying. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. End it. We can end it out. <laughs> cool. Perfect. This is good. This is, I mean. If <laughs> you're this, right. If this happens the way I think it is, this might be cool. So Jen is like into Tyson in the next episode. That's maybe that's how it starts. Like maybe they're going steady or something. And then Jack does come out and say officially, I am gay. And then we get a bad reaction from Tyson. And then Jen is just like, Oh, it's like, it doesn't matter how many fucking nightclubs you take me to or how many unconsented back rubs you give me. Uh, this will never work out because you have a stance that is, uh, ghastly. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Ghastly. Hopefully that's where this is going. Yeah. Please, God. I, yeah, I hope he doesn't stick stick around for long. It, icky. I hate his face. I yeah. hate his hair. I just want to punch him. Mm-hmm. Damn, okay. You okay. said you hated his face too when we were driving over wanna, here. I, I don't want to cause violence like to him. What? Okay, I want to kill him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> kill him softly. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, Just a random... Are we done talking about Tyson and Jen? Anyone else? Um, all I want to say is, fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck Tyson. Fuck him. Is it Tyson or Ty? Do, do we hear him say it's say his name? Tyson? His name's Tyson, but he goes by Ty. Oh, okay. okay. Please, Ty. I wasn't Ty. sure if yeah, if we heard the full name, but I'm only Tyson to the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Christian name. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> oh, um, just a quick little little baby thing. Um. Bessie's in this episode oh my God. Oh, yeah. for like oh, yes. a split yes. second. Yes. And I just love, cause I feel like I don't remember the last time we saw her, oh, but one either. thing that is coming up is when, when Joey um, kisses Jack and she's like asking Bessie for advice yeah. or whatever. Right. Um, it's just, it feels like Bessie is just thrown in there to like give some random advice for a quick, yeah. quick yep. second. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very silly. Yeah. yeah. But she was, yeah, it was like her one moment in this episode was, um, uh, when she's when long day, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, the yeah, long day, yeah, that was, and that <laughs> worked. It did, yeah, it, it made me laugh. It made me laugh. But yeah. just, <laughs> I was curious if Joey was gonna try. It. I was like, okay, is she gonna is she gonna try Bessie's advice? And sure enough, she did. She did, <laughs> and it doesn't work because I mean, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, no, it, you're it right. Does. It didn't work. No, it like gets Jack, the conversation started, but do, but Jack he calls it. it. He's yeah. like, if you want to talk, ask a question, just ask. fucking ask. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Don't beat around the bush totally. with me. Which is mm-hmm. like, yep. If you were yeah. having that day, you would also be like, don't fuck around with yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, what do we think about Dawson and Joey and Jack in this episode? The, when Dawson initially goes to Joey and is like, hey, I think you need to talk to Jack about this. And Joey is like, you're just trying to fish for reasons for us to break up. What do we think about this? Well, because I don't yeah. agree with what Joey is saying. That's not what Dawson is doing. But I also do think like Dawson is kind of pushing her to do something that is not really like, I don't know. Would If I just, he, if I put myself in, in Jack's situation and this happened, let's say that I'm just a kid and I'm, I have this conflicting thought. I write a, a creative expression. I, it starts this rumor. I wouldn't want my girlfriend to immediately be like, Hey, are you gay? Hey, you gay? I don't know that I would want that. I don't know. Mm. Uh, 
Dawson does say he's concerned about Joey first and foremost. Like he first and foremost, he's concerned about Joey, which I thought was interesting. He's not. He doesn't frame it as like I'm concerned about Jack. So Joey, go. You know, like let's like see how you know. Yeah. But she he, or he he's concerned about Joey. So that made me think that like yes, he might might have behind it his ulterior an ulterior motive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he has an ulterior motive, but I think he's coming from a friendship place, but it's still bad yeah, in right. the way yes. that he's just yeah, like, yeah. well, I care like about like you in this relationship yeah, being yeah. hurt. Very, so you right. need to figure kind it out. Kind of gossipy yeah. is the yeah. way that it it comes across. It came across to me, I should say, is like, yeah. hey, do you hear about this crazy drama that happened with your boyfriend? Like you should get to the bottom of that because that's pretty messy is the way that it felt mm, to mm-hmm. me where, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it just, it tracks because he still loves Joey. Like yeah. We, find, yeah. we know that he is not over her and. Yeah. We didn't really talk about that in the last episode, but it did feel very like whiplashy for him to suddenly go from being like, yeah, I'm totally over you. Everything's fine. Nothing. I don't care about you at all. And then suddenly he's like, I've never, I've never been over you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is all yeah. for you. Yeah. And then this episode, he's back to being like, I'm not trying to get with you. <laughs> Why don't you see? I'm just like a good dude. Well, I feel like at the end of the last episode, Dawson and Joey ended on like a positive note. I can't remember the conversation that they had. They just kind of agreed that like they need to move on. Yeah. And yeah. that's yeah. that. Yeah. That they both might not be over each other, but that they need to move on. Yeah. It's kind of like a mutual. Yes. You know. Do I believe it? No. 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 But that's yeah. what they're trying to do. But I mean, it did. I feel like, James, with going back to your question, like I do feel like Dawson is does have a level of like respect for Jack yeah. now. Oh, yeah. And like, he mm-hmm. does maybe care about him a little bit. And like, they seem to genuinely be like connecting yeah. a little bit yeah. more. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if Dawson was coming from a place of, I don't know. It felt like he, yeah, was concerned about Joey. To me, it didn't really feel gossipy, but it did feel like weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just framed in a not, healthy way yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i think honestly i think if i think they did it kind of intentionally to make us be asking these questions because i think if they didn't have that scene in the the opening scene where jack is over there with the miniature town and they like kind of make amends this would be easily dawson's just trying to like drive a wedge between them but because we had that even this exact same encounter he dawson would have said the exact same thing either way i think he would have framed it as like, hey, I'm just looking out for you. Yeah. I'm just looking out for Jack. You need to understand. You need, like, I would want to know, so I think you want to know. Mm-hmm. I think that conversation happens either way, but mm-hmm. because we had that first thing, we're left to wonder what's the real motivation here. There was also a little moment where Dawson's, like, looking at Joy's computer and, like, yes. saying that he wants to know her secret online handle. So <laughs> it kind of <laughs> indicates, like, do, uh, Joey, do you have a secret? Like he still is yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. I, th- I, so maybe that's a, a little bit of an answer there too. And to Cody's earlier um, point that, you know, this episode is all about identities that that's even more evidence there because now everybody has a secret identity. Mm-hmm. Joey and Dawson both have their secret online identities because Dawson is Spielberg stud, whatever. And, <laughs> and Joey is, you know, Joey loves Pacey or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> or, <clears throat> Joey loves Jack. But you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody has the secret that they're hiding. Yeah. This episode's fucking made. It's art. <laughs> I mean, no, it, but like I said, you know, earlier, just like it felt like there was, there's a lot. There's a lot. There is. It's mm. dense. It's really yeah. dense. It's the heaviest episode they've ever done. Yeah. 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 There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of, like, the, the, 
you know, we've talked about in season two, they, they, it felt like they brought in like new shots, new, new techniques for this season that they didn't really have in season one. This episode also feels like it has a, a like weird, different techniques. Cause I could have swore yes. they did like a weird stutter shot of the, of Jack's the locker. locker. Well, you know, like mm, that. It was 90s, like, cut like, like a horror. Pseudo slow-mo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. 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 Like they don't, they've done a couple of those, but this felt like the most pronounced in and explicit use of that. It's the biggest tonal shift outside of something that was specifically trying to hark on like, uh, like a noir or yeah. horror tone, like genre mm-hmm. stuff. This is the first time that they've used those techniques in within the realm right. of what the show is normally supposed to be. For effect instead yeah. of just for like context, basically. Yes. Right, yeah. Is it also in the end, like towards the end of this episode that we have that like really like close up shot of Dawson and Joey's like in the background, like right behind his shoulder. Yes. It's, uh, oh. it's like almost the reverse of a persona shot. Cause he's in the foreground and he's looking to the, uh, our left and then Joey's in the background and she's looking to our right. And so it's like a weird, mm. like they're back to back almost, but mm. like both looking towards us, the audience, which is a, a pretty unique mm. shot. Like, yeah. and I think it yeah. speaks volumes to the, who the characters are and where they're at within that moment. But, yeah, very unique. Like this is, I mean, I think it's cool. Like I would appreciate more visual language like that yeah. instead of just like standard kind of like over the shoulder, like back, <laughs> back and yeah. forth. Um, I wonder if we should just kind of talk about like the, the incident of Pacey spitting in the teacher's face. Like if we agree with that, would we have done that? Would we not mm. have, um, or just like that, yeah. like that conflict of like his mm-hmm. friends kind of. I've not- been there. So I, I, I may have told this story on air before. I'm not sure if I have or not. But when I was in band in high school, <clears throat> my one of my close friends who is I played drums in, in high school band and one of my friends who was also a drummer, he couldn't read sheet music. He didn't know how to read music. He'd been like a, 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 a playing by sound his whole life. And he had a great feel. He could play phenomenally. Incredible. Um, anyway, we're in the middle of practicing this song and he's playing the wrong thing. He's not playing what's written. He's playing like what he thinks should be here based off of what he's hearing. And the teacher starts like ripping into him very similar to how the teacher in the English class is like ripping into, to, to Jack and Pacey, like putting him on the spot, telling him to read the notes on the paper. He knows that this student can't read too. Like that's an, that is a thing that was known. And, uh, it's getting like bad. It's getting ugly. Like this, my, my classmate is like clearly starting to get uncomfortable. And I like stood up from him. Like, you got to stop. Like he, this is, you've made your point. He doesn't know the part. Let's move on. Like, do you want one of us to take him into a practice room and we can practice this together? What's the solution here? And we just started kind of like yelling back and forth. And he threw these drumsticks from across the, the band room. The teacher did? The teacher did. Holy shit. He threw Uh, these drumsticks at my friend and I because we were basically, at this point now, we're like openly fighting with the teacher from across the hall because it's just like, you were being a fucking asshole. Did anyone else stand up? It was just me and him. What the fuck? Everyone else is just sitting there? Everybody else is just kind of like watching it happen. Jesus. And it felt very similar to this where it's like, Mm -hmm. this is just fucking wrong, dude. Mm -hmm. Like you are wrong. Your job is to teach everybody in this room music, whether they come in knowing how to read music or not, whether they play one of those instruments or one of these instruments, it doesn't fucking matter. And this approach is not right. So I've kind of been there. Obviously it wasn't like that level of like, Mm. you know, people getting outed, but 
it was an uncomfortable thing. I did not get taken into the principal's office. It never got addressed again outside of that call. That the class. teacher didn't get in any kind of. No, he didn't get in any trouble. Nothing. It was very much just like, well, this is not leaving this room kind of a feeling after mm. that. We yeah. got sent to the other side of the band. The band building was like two two halves of a long warehouse with this little strip in the middle that was offices. We got sent to the other side of the warehouse, me and the other kid. And then the next class we were back in, just like nothing ever happened. No, well, but good for you for standing up. Yeah. 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 I'm a good guy and I'd like everybody to know that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if I could ever do that. Like, have the courage to stand up to a teacher like that. Whether, yeah, it's just like vocally or spitting or throwing, you know. I think you might surprise yourself because yeah. at least for me, it was literally like, I couldn't not. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just kind of reaches this point where you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm -hmm. Why is nobody else yeah. hearing this or seeing this? Well, especially if you're the one right next to him actually helping yes. him. Like you're kind of, you know, so it's hard not to like speak up in that moment. I feel like. Proximity. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have done the same thing. And then you when know, it's just, like your friend, yeah. you know, like yeah. you know this person. Exactly. And like I knew him very well. And it was one of those things where like I could read music, but he was such a better musician than me. So yeah. like, you know, I, I just felt like weirdly protective over that. And also like mm -hmm. if he's criticizing him there in by in some weird way, he's kind of criticizing me, which is not at all. That's like a weirdly selfish way of viewing it, but it felt that way in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, we only get Dawson and Andy's reaction to this, like Pacey's mm -hmm. action. Yeah. Um, Dawson seems, I mean, like he's like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done that, but he seems like not as critical as Andy who's like, you yeah. could have done something else. Like she's pretty yeah. like critical of him. I think she probably is protective over Pacey because of, you know, he's doing so well and you know, how can you like put yourself, set yourself back? Whereas Dawson's just Pacey's friend. He's been friends with Pacey yeah. forever and you know, he supports him either way kind of thing. I also wonder if Andy feels like, uh, like that's going to reflect on her. Because oh, yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I wonder where yeah. her concern is coming from, whether it's the, like, self-preservation of, like, well, I don't date people like this. Right. Like, yeah. I don't associate with people like that. Or whether it's the, like, you could really get yourself in trouble here. Like, I'm mm -hmm. worried for you. Which there's person multiple, is she worried for? multiple things at play there. Yeah. And also that it's, you know, her brother and there's that, too. It's So it's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the last thing she needs is, like, another thing going off on her plate. Right, and then her own, yeah, what's yeah. going on with her own mm -hmm. personal life, so. But to be, to to kind of answer your question, Stella, about, like, what did I think about him spitting in the teacher's face, I do feel like that's, like, too far. Mm. Like, he clearly this teacher is doing the wrong thing and is, like, fucked up, but, like, that's, I don't know. That That feels, like... I guess it's it's disgusting to out somebody and to do it and like take sick pleasure in it, which is what he was doing. That teacher was like smirking while he's watching Jack cry, mm -hmm, read yeah. the poem. So he's taking sick pleasure in it. But like, I don't know. I think that there's a better uh, there's a better way to do it. Yeah, he effect he got the change that he wanted though. So like, it was effective. I that's the thing that I'm I'm mm -hmm. like hung up on this a little bit yeah. too because it's like I think like yeah, spitting is gross, but if Pacey had not done that. I think yeah. that means that Peterson would do this again yeah. to another yeah. student in a different way and he would never learn his lesson. Yeah. This put a stop to that right. in an 
it's an act of violence. Spitting in someone's face is an act of violence, but it's like if we're ranking violence and mm-hmm. like this is pretty much like on the lowest of the lows because you're not like causing actual bodily harm. Yeah. And that and the thing that I'm like more hung up on is the fact that Pacey like admits that it was wrong to spit in the face, but then says like, but like it was important to like still do it. Like it was yeah. still important like to do that action. And it's like, I don't know. Cause I keep thinking like, this is a TV show. This is not reality. And yeah. this <laughs> is, spe- I know, unfortunately, but this is also like this, like I said earlier, it's like speaking larger to the theme of authority and like how we are to act as the oppressed with an oppressor. Right. Yeah. And if we're going to talk about this being in something like, I don't know, a real life parallel, like a uh, protest versus striking, right? Like, I think it's really important to protest when things are going badly. And I think it's important to make noise. But unfortunately what happens with protesting is you make noise. It might like people might learn from it, but nothing, no change ever really happens unless there's direct praxis. There's direct action, right? Like you have to put theory into practice. So things like striking is effective. Like right now in Portland, teachers are striking and it's insane seeing the reaction from like giant media moguls, like the Oregonian, like, front page being like they should stop and it's like oh you know why they're printing that because this is working like when you strike and do direct action you get a result uh and i also think like the george floyd protests it's Mm -hmm. so funny that the media like will hardly ever really cover how much like violent action cops do but as soon as a protester smashes a like a starbucks window because starbucks or target or any other major corporation is giving money to cops and cop unions that makes the news and people call that like a violent action. And it's like, well, the real violence is police shooting, police shooting (laughs) unarmed black men. Right. (laughs) And like, so all of this to say it's tying back to him spitting, like, is, is it too far? Like I, I view this as the smashing of a window. Like at the end of the day, no one is actually that hurt, but it was something to like turn being loud into yeah. something mm-hmm. actionable that actually stopped it like this from happening. I right. guarantee Peterson will never do this again because yeah. he will be afraid that right. students will stand up to him. Yeah, because yeah. like, I mean, if he had said just that line, the P- Peterson had said that line spitting into the da 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 and Pacey had just like smart Alex something back, like how effective would yeah. that have been? Yeah. Like they could have, or punched it or like, so, you know, yeah. it just, I think that like that had to happen. Yeah. Well, I think, and, yeah, sorry. No, I, I think, you know, to the point that both of you are making, Cody and Mal, it's, it's, we can always endlessly go back and forth debating on, well, was this enough or was this too much, right? Like, is breaking a window, is that too much? Like, I mean, come on, really? Is that enough? Can't we just, like, talk? Well, but if we just talk, if we just protest, that's not enough. And mm-hmm. if I do something and it gets your attention and it makes you think about it, that is enough. Mm-hmm. If it makes you seriously consider this mm-hmm. issue and it results in real change, is that not exactly what was needed? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I do come around to it, and I think that, like, at the end of the day, we're always we're always going to be unhappy in what it takes to result in change. Somebody is always going to be upset with it because it's going to upset mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. somewhere along the way. But what's more important is that the change is actually made rather than that we're sitting here debating, well, was that the right way to do it? Like, exactly. Yeah. You know, can't I think every student at that school would be like, well, I don't necessarily agree with what Pacey did, but I'm glad they did it because I don't want that to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really liked Pacey's um, kind of yeah. like monologue 
speech. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah. And he has definitely read that book from Bill Clinton's yes. whatever, because he's got that presidential <laughs> thumb fucking down, yeah. dude. <laughs> swinging that thing left and right. Good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it felt, uh, yeah. Like we've kind of talked about, it's been hard to know if we should like root for him in this mm-hmm. sp- specific situation because it felt more complex. But yeah. I did feel like very proud of him and like just like maybe sort of empowered. It was just yeah. like, yeah. fuck yeah. Like, yeah. Stand up for what you believe in. But then also it, feel, that's oh. the thing though about him telling Andy that he like, the reason I did this because I felt responsible. Yeah. But I feel like uh, this speech gives more power to how the teachers have been portrayed so far in like the entirety of the first season and so far what we've seen in season two. Um, It gives more meaning to like why why they've been portraying the teachers so in such a like Mm -hmm. negative way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It really feels like this. I mean, like this show has been like very directly questioning authority, like teachers, parents, like mm-hmm. these people are bad and it's awesome that we're finally seeing Pacey do something about it mm-hmm. despite the circumstances around it. But I hope that we get more of this that cause authority should always be questioned. You should yeah. always mm-hmm. be questioning authority. I'm not advocating for violence, but I'm advocating for action to yeah. create change. And I think it's great that we're seeing that in this world, regardless of the circumstances. I do want to briefly talk about something that we've kind of been dancing around. I just want to bring it to a full head, which is Pacey's hero complex. So, you know, who is it that, who brings it up directly? Is it Jack? Yes, yeah, Jack. Yeah. Jack brings it up mm-hmm. directly that, that like he's now addicted to saving people. That does feel weirdly like on point. Like I, I, I feel like Jack is reading Pacey very well there since since Pacey has had this kind of reclamation of himself, it does seem like he's kind of trying to bring that elsewhere and save other people or other things. Do we, do you guys agree with that? It's an astute observation. Like this is what Pacey has become almost. Mm-hmm. It's like he's dedicating his life to this now a little bit more. Yeah. He's got to be Andy's manager and like help yeah. her with the, with the election. He's got to save Mrs. McPhee from right. yeah. her psychosis. It's like, this is his new calling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's confusing. I think because it's like, it's, we see, you know, in the first season, we see him just kind of like floundering and like not, yeah, not having much direction and like being the class clown. And it's like, it feels probably for him to like himself feel like he has a better sense of self and like standing up for right and wrong and like helping people like he's, thought you you saying standing up for right and wrong his daddy's a cop his brother's a cop Mm. he has a hero complex but he is not at all he's like he's revolting against this like authoritarian standpoint but he still wants to be the arbiter of right and wrong Mm -hmm. robin hood oh stealing (laughs) from the rich and Mm. helping Mm. Uh, helping himself (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, helping himself (laughs) but yeah i mean like it it's not great that it's like okay this is who Pacey is now but at the same time it's like nice to see that he has this like confidence in himself to be like yeah I want to stand up for what I think is right or Mm -hmm. like I want to help these people that are important to me or I feel like this is the origin story for like Pacey Witter attorney at law (laughs) the the (laughs) spinoff show 
Pacey Mason. <laughs> oh, no, okay. You know, because this is like, Jack kind of says it like it's a bad thing. Like, you don't, you know, yeah. you don't need to save me. But like, actually, a lot of people do need somebody kind of like Pacey to get involved f with their mm -hmm. cause. Now, obviously, we've talked about the white savior issue here. So like, yeah, we don't necessarily need you to do that just to make yourself feel better. But I don't think it's necessarily wrong if Pacey like actually is interested in applying what he's learned in his own life about, you know, I'm a fuck up. This is what the world has told me to actually wait. I can achieve something and mm -hmm. I'm going to help other people. Not, not necessarily like I'm making him sound like a motivational speaker, but hmm. you know what I mean? I yeah. do. I mean, it, uh, it kind of speaks to like, it's him wanting to save people is not the problem. It's, uh, overcompensating for the things in his life yes. that he feels like he's a failure for and also going yep. too far. Not that I think the spitting thing is going too far, but just in general. Right. It reminds me of the archetype of, I bring it up again, but Lost, like Jack Shepard, the main character in Lost, is a doctor that constantly feels like he has to save everyone and right. everything, but that affects everybody else in a very bad way. Like, there are negative consequences for Jack trying to save everyone on that fucking island. So many zany things happening on that island. But you were gonna. I feel like we're gonna see that more with Pacey. Like he's getting in his own way by having to be the one to save things. Right now, we're seeing the positive repercussions of it, but we're gonna. I, There's gotta I'm, be a lesson there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna get his comeuppance. I feel like. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. along the line, it's it's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, Just it's a like of it, when. Yeah, I mean, it's like it kind of. It's like it got him in trouble this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he also exactly. like still feels like. I mean, and we feel supportive of. Yeah what he did but yeah i feel like there's gonna be maybe some other conflict where maybe someone will turn yeah. on him what do you think is gonna happen to pacey in his 10 day suspension because his parent nobody in his family cares about I, him or what he does so mm. you think he's gonna go up to a uh, rhode island or whatever with bobby or whatever the fuck his name billy? is and billy there we go go, go clubbing again go visit maybe Ms. Jacobs. hang out at andy's house Hey, there we go. Yeah, that is a really good question. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see how he this affects him and, in some way. And Andy, Andy too. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Because Andy, you know, she's so, like, caught up in the academic achievement. Suddenly he's not in the academic cycle for 10 days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just talking about how everyone's affected by this makes me want to go back and think about Jen and the fact that all these things are happening to her friends. And what does she do? Ignore all of them and go on a date with some Christian guy she just yes. met. It's like... Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, be there for your friends. This is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> and especially like Jack, who who we've we've talked about this, so I'm sorry, but like, or, you know, she like made an effort to connect with him yeah. early on yeah. because she was like, yeah. you're on the outside too. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, hey, you're going through a super traumatic experience in your life. Well, I met this dude who I don't like very much. <laughs> but I just, I don't, <laughs> I yeah, I don't out. understand the writing choice there. I'd, he won't stop uh, calling me, so yeah, I guess clearly. I'll go out with him. Boys will be boys. <laughs> <laughs> like, am, what are they setting us up for with Jen? I don't know. I know. Really I am understand. really excited <sighs> to yeah. go home and watch the next two episodes. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. let's get out of here. Yeah, let's <laughs> wrap this shit up. Um, speaking of wrapping shit up. Do we want to move on to ratings and recommendations yeah. or do does I, anybody yeah, have I'm the ready. last note? The only thing I do want to say one thing, which is why did Joey kiss Dawson on the cheek? Oh, mm. yeah, oh. that was so that was weird. And did anybody else think that she was going to kiss him on the lippy lips? Because at first that's it looked like she was going in for the real smoochie. I didn't think so. Didn't think that. But the cheek smooch was weird. <laughs> really mm -hmm. weird, yeah. wasn't it? Very like, weird. Like pushing like pushing it come yes. on like yeah. you just decided to be friends so now you're gonna like and yeah. you're going through something with your boyfriend yeah 
And yeah, so uh, weird. Weird. Yeah. It felt transparently TV to me. It's like, yeah. oh, well, this is a TV moment. And we all know they used to date. So everybody's, of course, asking the question, are they going to get back together? Yeah. And let's just go ahead and put this here so that we keep that going. And again, not great that it's all being framed around what's happening to Jack. Yes. Over top of the little tiny miniature city that he built, too. Oh. Anyway, uh, ratings. Who would like to go first? I'll do it. Uh, I'm going to give this a three. I I like the explore, exploration of Jack's sexual identity and having an episode carry this kind of weight. Um, it's something I've been wanting from the show. Like, yeah. I want them to get to the depth, but I think it's hindered by its own structure and... I just don't like the framing device. Like it's really, it almost feels like this is just the cornerstone for other characters to just kind of figure out their own shit, which is sad. Um, but since the next episode is a continuation, um, maybe he'll be the center of that story and his story will stop being benched in his own narrative. So uh, three, Pea Creek moment. Uh, I would say Pacey spitting in that fucker's face. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll go next. Um, all right, my rating this week is a 4.25. Wowza. Yeah. I, uh, our conversation has made me rethink that a little bit, but I can't change history, okay? <laughs> Cannot change it. It has been, the computer says it's true, so it is true, 4.25. Um, I liked most of this episode. There are some things, some specific things I don't, but I feel like no matter what, I'm just happy. I'm happiest when this show is actually doing or saying something, and this episode felt like they were doing something. They were trying to say something, and uh, I'll take it. Peak Creek moment. Um, well, that's tricky, because I, I don't know... I think it's probably the presidential thumb speech that Pacey's giving in the mm. office at the end. It's just like, it's hard to get past. I, I feel like that's peak Pacey. He's standing up for other people and what he believes in. And he's speaking personally. Um, and also he's speaking for other people and he does it very well. So, Hey, I'll take that. Thanks Pacey. Thanks Pacey. Thanks. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 3.75. Um, yeah, I, I liked this episode a lot for the, the subject matter. Um, it also, I think is like the most emotion I felt in a Dawson's Creek yeah. episode. Um, but yeah, like we discussed, there's some problematic pieces to this. Uh, I really didn't like the Jen and Tyson stuff and just like oh, how God. that all fit in with everything. Disgusting. Mm -hmm. um, my Pete Creek moment is when right before Pacey goes in to have the the hearing with the teachers, um, Dawson says to Pacey, in my lifetime, I will never be ashamed yeah. of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. such a nice moment. That was great. Was I teared up and was yeah. like... <laughs> Everybody needs to hear that, and I think yeah. especially when, you know, what we know about Pacey, he has fucking nobody yeah. telling him things like that. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Yeah, it was sweet. It was special. I am going to give this a 3.5. Um, I really liked the intro as character development for Jack, uh, even if, like, the rest was. I mean, there's a lot of problematic um, stuff mm. there, but um, the fact that they're showing it is is good. Um, and I think, I mean, a lot, most of it was kind of already said, but, um, 
you know, some development for pay, development for Pacey. And I'm curious to see where this hero thing is going to go. If we're going to have learn, if he's going to learn a lesson there. Um, yeah. So 3.5. What if he just gets really into making sandwiches? <laughs> Anything's oh, possible. <laughs> and then the peak, my peak Creek moment is Pacey's non-apology speech. I thought it was epic. Recommendations? Recommendations. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend a podcast called, and that's why we drink. Not about drinking, but um, it's a paranormal and true crime podcast. Um, murder and the paranormal finally meet. Grab your milkshakes and wine, or wine, and join us every Sunday for some chilling ghost stories and downright terrifying true crime stories. The world's a scary place. Um, so I discovered this podcast through another podcast that I listened to called Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet, which I recommended in a previous episode. Um, That was the one where they they talk about, like, bad reviews. Yes. Yeah, they, like, (laughs) read bad reviews. Um, So this one is hosted by Christine Schieffer. She's from Beach Too Sandy. um, And then her friend, M. Schultz. So, like, a typical episode format is split into two parts, um, starting with a paranormal story by M. uh, And then the second half is a true crime story told by Christine. um, And it's just a good it's a i like like the format and they're good friends and it's just like fun to listen to them cozy. Um, yeah m's paranormal stories uh, there are a lot of they do some alien like alien yes. stories yeah um and so those are fun and then christine's true crime stories are usually like his, either historical or newer so there's like a good variety of stories um and then they also do listener episodes where they read stories submitted by listeners and there are a lot of alien uh, oh, yeah. stories in those too so that's fun um, so yeah, it just kind of feels like you're hanging out with pals by the campfire, like yeah. swapping stories. Yeah, like, I, I like the true crime aspect of their show. I like that it's not super like gruesome or yeah. like it's not about approach, like these disgusting cases you're never gonna no, believe. They, I feel like they approach them respectfully, like the true crime stuff, and then like the the paranormal stuff is just like fun. It's just yeah. you know ghost stories and like alien abduction stories and stuff like that. So terrifying. It's yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to recommend the video game English Muffin. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why you've been eating English muffins? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to recommend the video game Hollow Knight. Oh, yes. Um, It came out in 2017, so it's been around for a while. Yeah, great year. Um, It is a 2D side-scrolling Metroidvania game. Um, I think you can play it on all platforms. I played on the switch. Um, it is hard, but (laughs) (laughs) at least like, I mean, I, I wouldn't consider myself like a big video gamer, but I definitely like to play video games. So this is probably the hardest game I've played. Um, what's, what's it about? I'm (laughs) just, just you wait. Um, it's a, a little character knight who gets to explore this vast, world um he has to defeat lots of different little bugs and characters and bosses um and you get to like just yeah keep exploring this map is just like never ending and keeps opening up new new areas um i i have been playing it for i don't know on and off because i've definitely gotten frustrated a few times but um i keep getting sucked back in sucked back in and uh having a blast it's very addicting it feels so uh uh satisfying when you like 
discover a new area or be a, a big boss. And it's been really fun. Um, if you have played Ori, um, I feel like it's kind of similar, but just a little bit harder. Um, yeah, there you go. I love nice. Hollow Knight. And you're so right. It, it's so um, satisfying when you make progress in that game, which sometimes can feel like it's you're not making a lot of progress because it's very hard, especially when like you get stuck at a boss fight or you just can't figure out where to go because there's not mm. a lot of information in the game. It, yeah. like, it really wants you to figure out how to play this game the way you need or want to mm-hmm. play it, which I, I love. But I just like that game, it, just as a little brief, like, exploration of it like basically you're exploring this underground world and you can really go anywhere you can but sometimes especially early on you cannot progress because you don't have an item you can't climb a wall you can't deal with whatever it may be but at some point in the game you're going to get something that's going to allow you to deal with that and that moment when you get whatever unlock or item or whatever it is and then you are like oh shit this will help me at this area Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh my god that is just like such a fucking awesome feeling and hollow knight gives it to you early somewhat but more so later when you make those like discoveries that it's been like 20 fucking hours of you Mm -hmm. smashing your head against something and you finally get the solution oh my god i love hollow yeah it's so good i'm I'm glad you're loving it and it's we've talked about it a couple times off air and it's made me pick it back up and i i still need to actually put more time back into my playthrough but i love it I've got a video game recommendation as well. This week, I was hoping to have a different recommendation, and I'm still in the middle, so I might have a a double rack here. But I'm going to recommend first Alan Wake Remastered. Um, Before I mention that, or before I get into that, though, Alan Wake 2 was just released a little bit ago as of the recording of this episode. It's not quite lining up with spooky season as far as the release, so this is going to be a little bit old news by now. But Alan Wake Remastered is what I'm uh, recommending. It is the very first game made by Remedy um, Entertainment uh, in which basically uh, imagine you're Stephen King and uh, you've pretty much got this game so far. Alan Wake you take you play the role of Alan Wake, who is an author. His wife takes him on vacation to this little town called Bright Falls, very much like a Twin Peaks little mountain town. And the stuff that Alan Wake writes on his little typewriter, by golly, it starts coming true. And there's some spooky guys that are coming around and they're trying to hurt you and you're trying to hurt them. And the only way you can really hurt them is with your flashlight. And it's a fantastic game. It's very dated, I will say this, but it is a fantastic game for the narrative that it takes. uh, It takes you on as well as the kind of like thought um, that it, or the, the, the worlds that you'll explore in your mind as you play this. It's been spun out into a couple other games, Alan Wake 2, like I mentioned, and as well as another, another game called Control. Um, all of them are fantastic. I really can't recommend them enough. Alan Wake Remastered, much more of like an action RPG. You're going around this little town. Alan Wake 2 is much more of a survival horror game. Think like Resident Evil. So a lot of a, di- a, a bit of a different feel, um, but it's spooky, it's fun, and it's fucking awesome. Especially if you're a lynch head or you like Ooh. Twin Peaks or anything like it. Go check it out. Uh, considering the topic of this episode, I wanted to uplift queer voices. So this week I wanted to recommend the album The Whaler by Florida emo punk band Home Is Where. It's a concept record that captures the desensitization and disorientation of tragedy becoming mundane. This is one of my favorite releases this year. There's 
such a sprawling but succinct sound and structure to the project and the songwriting itself is gorgeous. There are very clear influences from Dylan, Nutri-Milk Hotel, and early Modest Mouse that creates a very distinct sound that's all its own. It's a release that feels like an instant classic to the canon of whatever you can call quote-unquote indie rock these days. Uh, check out the record and go see them live too. I saw them touring with Awake But Still In Bed and they fucking killed. Home Is Where, The Wailer, get into it. Woo! Oh, nice. Woo. Awesome. All right. Well, that is about it. We got a season two, episode 15 next time on Freaks and Creeks. Episode Uh, 15. Holy shit. Sorry. Look at us go. Zoom, zoom. The episode is titled, as previously mentioned, that is the question. Dot, 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 dot. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. That is the question. Suey. As rumors (laughs) about Jack's sexuality continue unabated, Pacey sets out to stop a teacher's relentless harassment. So uh, that's still? still yeah. So no. that's not good. No. Don't like that. Fuck? I really hope there's more to the episode than that. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, I, I hope there's oh more jazz God. clubs. Yeah. I really hope that this is this season's Halloween episode, and it's going <laughs> to be like the teacher, like last season's Halloween episode. He's a serial killer. Um, he's <laughs> like escaped um, the whatever you know juvie that's what they put teachers right they put yes. them in yeah, juvenile, ju- juvenile hall yeah. yes. yep and he's got a halloween mask and he's trying to hurt everybody or like yeah. boy yeah. meets world and mr feeney is the bad guy mm-hmm. no, no that's not what happened in that episode okay about <laughs> the halloween episode of boy meets world yeah uh spoiler alert sean oh is under the mask sean is doubled sean is his own worst enemy it's a dream Mm, yes, I remember. On that. I remember. <laughs> Suck on that. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, they're making scary faces at each other. Never say that about Mr. Feeney. Mr. Sorry. Feeney's a nice man. <laughs> Love you, Mr. Feeney. Uh, Mr. Feeney, if you've enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and subscribe to our show. Um, if you want more of our wonderful episodes and content, please visit our website, freaksandcreeks.com. Find us on Instagram at freaksandcreekspod or write to us at show at freaksandcreeks.com. Until next time, <laughs> bye-bye. Bye. Five stars, five stars, five stars. Oh, yeah, five stars. <laughs> Thank you.